Welcome into the newest episode of Side Mission. I'm the host, as always, Rusty Ellis, joined by two of the boys today, Matt Beck, Alex Thacker, but we just call him Thacker. And today we're talking about a game that I think all three of us, we can reasonably say, when you looked at most anticipated games this year, this game was probably, probably, a, you know, near the top. And it's Dying Light 2. And to say that this game has had an interesting lifespan or that we had an interesting time with this game... That would be quite the understatement. So let's go ahead and let's get positives out of the way first because I know that for us, spoiler alert, they might have been a little few and far between. Matt, I'll start with you. Uh, biggest positive takeaway from Dying Light 2, Techland's big sequel to their 2014 release, which was actually a really good game. What what did you like the most about Dying Light 2? Uh, I think we're all going to pretty much agree on this. Like This is going to be the number one thing we all agree on when it comes to this game. But the parkour system yeah. is flawless. It's very fluid. Um, I really have no complaints about it. Like, I don't think that I would change a single thing about the parkour. Yeah, I like the fact that you can have the skill system and upgrade how everything works. Like, from your speed, um, upgrading your stamina to help out with all of that. Um, changing things from where you can jump from the top of a building and do like a, uh, a sky jump on an enemy. Um, but definitely the parkour is the most positive to this game. This is probably the best parkour gameplay that you could get in a game right now. I will say that because as much as I have my opinions on this game and we're going to, we're going to get to all of that. I will say that the parkour that was dying light two at its best when you're running across the tops of buildings, uh, when you're chaining together combos, uh, at some point, you know, in the second half of the game, when you get like a grappling hook and a paraglider, when you're chaining all of that together, that's dying like two at its best. I wish the rest of the game really reflected that, because I, I feel like the parkour system was so great in this game that it was almost wasted on this game. Because you'll find out that none of the three of us really have a lot of positive things to say about dying like two. But the parkour system was fantastic, Thacker. I know you had a funny point. We were in a party the other day. I know you you had a very funny point that you made about the parkour system. Yeah, honestly, the parkour is great. It's beautiful. I think my only issue with it, and Matt kind of touched up on it as a positive for him. Me personally, if you're going to jump off a giant building, a truck should not be able to stop you from taking damage. Just yeah. like in Assassin's Creed. <laughs> a, mattress, a mattress with a blue X painted on it. Exactly. <laughs> Just like in Assassin's Creed, a hay bell should not stop you from taking damage. But at the same time, it's a great game for parkour. But it, at the same time, if I'm going to play parkour games, I'm going to play Mirror's Edge. I'm not going to play Dying Light. Yeah, that's that's where I think a lot of us, I think it's where all three of us land on, is that gameplay-wise, the parkour is at game, Dying Light at its best. The hand-to-hand -hand combat, not nope. so much. Not so much. But, you know, Thacker, you also had something else that interesting. I thought, you know, I, th I don't know how much me and Matt agree because, Matt, you said that the game looked like Bioshock Infinite. And that's <laughs> one of the nicest roasts I think I've heard anyone say because Bioshock Infinite is a fantastic game. And I think yeah. that it's a, it's, a, it's a weird roast to say that it looks like it. But when you think about the <laughs> fact that Bioshock Infinite came out in 2013, I mean... When you when you factor that in, it's not impressive that that's what you're comparing the game yeah, looks yeah. to. But Thacker, you you thought it looked good though. I did. I thought it looked really good, especially from Dying Light One to now. And I know there's a system difference, but with that, it still looked really good graphically. This landscape in it looked beautiful. If you look in the distance, it actually looks really great. 
but at the same time, graphics aren't going to just make this game great. It's one of those where you can have a beautiful game with shit content. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I think that... And, Go ahead, my bad. No, you're good. And I think the only other positive I have on this is really just the Easter eggs make up a little bit better on it from your first Easter egg for Dead Island reference to the cyberpunk reference, Doom, um, Star Wars. Like, the Easter eggs in it apply really well for the positives. But again, you just can't make little details a big part of the game and hope that that's going to be your saving grace. Anybody else think that maybe Techland thought that, or maybe Techland had the hope that Cyberpunk was going to be a much better release than it was by putting a Cyberpunk reference in the game, or not a reference, an Easter egg where you can get like, you know, the arm blades or whatever. I feel like Techland was really hoping that Cyberpunk was going to be a better release than it was. And spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't played the next gen optimization, it's not good for Cyberpunk. So I, th- I think that was one reason why they added it to kind of like prepare everyone and reference the uh the next gen uh, like maybe upgrade for it maybe maybe that was the case i don't know i I would love to hear tech lens i've always said this easter eggs and games are interesting because and i think that the far cry series uses easter eggs very very well i know far cry 5 especially had a ton of easter eggs related to like it for example um i I would love to hear the explanations from developers on why they choose certain easter eggs and you know, the Cyberpunk one's up there. I mean, the other one is the Demon Ducks. The First of all, they're creepy as fuck. And that rhymed. I'm a poet and I didn't know it, face ass. But... Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> that, that was... Ooh, that was That's creepy. That's creepy, bro. I, a Demon Ducks, who came up with and that? Then, and then having to finish it with a pentagram just kind of <laughs> added to the whole Doom vibe. Yeah, it's really... It's just demonic. It's these demonic ducks that you find around. I remember the first time I opened a safe that had one and I think I jumped. <laughs> over a rubber ducky like think about that for a second like over a rubber ducky i jumped so the easter eggs the easter eggs are interesting i think the game has moments where it looks really good um and the parkour obviously is fantastic now for the three of us mm. if you're a fan mm. of this game this is where you might want to click off this episode <laughs> Because Bye, Bye. Because, <laughs> because you made it about seven minutes in before we started uh, giving our critiques, shall we call them. That uh, was a good way to put it. The rest, of, uh, the rest of this game is a mess. So let's just start with what I believe to be the biggest mess in this game, and that's the story. The story is... Oh, my God. First of all, I thought that the first half of the story was okay. And I remember, y'all will remember in our group chat that we have with us and Kyle, uh, who couldn't be on this episode, you remember that early on I said, ah, story, I'm not really impressed by it. And then I hit the water tower mission in the first area, and I was like, okay, you know what? The story's actually not bad. It's starting to pick up some steam. We're good. Well, I got to the second area, because there's two areas in the map. There's Old Villador that you start in, and then there's kind of the downtown section, which is the more cityscape uh, section. And I got to that part, and I think I hated every single thing that happened from that point forward. Like, the story hated everything that happened. And for me, the biggest thing in story-based games is characters. If you give us characters that we can learn to care about, and we're seeing a lot of this 
currently in Horizon Forbidden West that just came out, one of the biggest improvements they made in this game so far, as you know, I'm playing through Forbidden West right now, I care a lot more about some of these characters, Varl, Erend, a lot more than I did in the first game. The first game didn't care about them all that much. Thought they were okay, didn't think they were great. But I care about them a lot more. They're much they're better, they're much more well written in this game. They're better written in this game. And they're the voice acting is a lot better in my opinion too. In, in this game, there is not one character I gave a shit about. I didn't care about Aiden. The main character you play as, I didn't care about him. I don't know how y'all <laughs> felt on that. I don't know where y'all came down on that. I don't know if y'all cared about him at all. I didn't give a crap. And really, the only character that I thought was even decently voice acted was Lawan. And that's only because that was Rosario Dawson playing her. Yeah, that's, yep. what, yeah, that's right. Like, yep. I, I, only, I felt like she was the only compelling Character, I thought every other voice actor in this game. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I think they did this game for the paycheck because they yeah, phoned they, they phoned it in. The voice acting yep. is horrible. Uh, the story, the main part of the story, and I'm just gonna give a spoiler alert here. The main part of this game is you're trying to find your sister. At some point, you learn to just not even give a crap about that. Like seriously, you yeah. learn to just not care, and that's. And then, I was at that point about like two hours into the game. <laughs> seriously, like, and then th- even when you find her at the very end, it's the biggest. Like, she Mia is probably the biggest MacGuffin in recent gaming. The yeah. biggest, like, she is only there as a plot device. She has there's no there's she's literally just there. She's unexplained. You get to her at the very end, and then again, spoiler alert: the ending I got, I saved her. And then I get told that hours later in the closing cutscene, I get told hours later that she died. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, it's yeah. one of those where it's like, oh. what was the point of any of that? And Not even a cutscene. It's literally just a word with text. Exactly. And then that's the other thing that this game really should get crucified for is that the last thing you see is a black screen with text. Not credits, but literally, basically, them giving you a summary of, okay, here's what happened after the end of the story. And I'm like, y'all really didn't have the budget to just make one more cutscene? Seriously? So the story, in my opinion, is absolutely god-awful. And it's a shame because the first Dying Light didn't have a great story, but it had a serviceable one. It had one that was interesting enough to keep you going. And yet, they somehow found a way to make this story even worse. And so I, I I got to the end of it, and I actually think that the first reaction I had, especially when that black when that black screen with white text popped up, I I've never rolled my eyes as hard as I rolled them then. I rolled yep. my eyes so hard. Yep. But there's other negatives. Like the story is not even the worst part. I know Matt. One thing we were talking about, and I'll let you kind of take this from here. The other part of Dying Light One that me that I've told you because I know you never played it. What I told you was that. You know, the hand-to-hand combat was great in the first Dying Light. Here, again, it doesn't just feel like a step back. It feels like a gigantic leap backwards as far as that melee combat goes. Honestly, um, I'm not a fan of weapons that break. And, like, I think it's... The weapon selections are really cool. Like, there are some really cool designs for the weapons. And the customization for them is impressive. Like, you know, being able to set it to where you can set your enemies on fire. Um, I believe even uh, poison them. But then it's like there's this little uh, bar there. And when your weapon breaks, that's it. 
um, I've had this complaint, and I know we talked about it, Rusty, that like when your weapon breaks, there's nothing you can do about it. You're literally yep. forced to replace the weapon or refine that same weapon and then, again, use more parts in order to craft those upgrades. And, and the worth, fact that you have these worth workshops... Pointing out, worth pointing out, yeah. by the way, Matt, because we talked about this, worth pointing out as well, and my bad for cutting you off there. Oh, you're good? Worth pointing out as well, in the first game, I told you this earlier, in the first game you had repair kits. So they even took that away in this game. Yeah. And uh, we also did talk about the fact that what is their explanation as to why no one in this world is are using guns in a zombie apocalypse? Like, we're just using these hand-to-hand combat weapons, but we can't have a gun? And I believe you told me that in the first game, because I'm as coming from someone who never played the first Dying Light, that you had a gun in that game, correct? Not only did you have guns, dude. Guns, because the argument is probably along the lines of it. Thacker, I don't know. You played the first one, right, Thacker? I did, and... Just just to clarify, there's one gun in this, and no, there, again, there is. Oh, you're yeah, talking about you're talking about that, okay, yeah, you're talking about a, a yeah that that doesn't that's not the same as the first game at all. That yeah, but no, the first game you legitimately have a gun, and to go from that to this again, combat. Come on, like yeah. breaking weapons. No. Well, Thacker, um, it's not even it. it's not even just that Thacker. Like if you remember from the first game, you didn't just have a gun. You had a handgun, you had an assault rifle, pretty sure there was an LMG, and I'm pretty sure there was a shotgun. So yep. I feel like the argument is, in the in, in the apocalypse, 15 years after society has fallen, you know, there's probably not going to be that many guns, but in the first game, guns weren't just there, they were plentiful. Yeah, so no, they were It makes no sense to me that you would take them out and not have them here. I feel like... I, 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 again, it's, it's, I've said this about video games in the past. Use the fact that you are a video game. Use that to your advantage, dude. I'm not going to sit there and question it if you've got guns in this game. I'm not going to question that. It's a video game, man. I'm, it's okay to suspend a little bit of belief for that. But to just not have them at all, like, you know, it's going to sound kind of funny. It's kind of lame when an enemy runs up at me and the weapon he's swinging at me is a chair leg. <laughs> like it's kind of lame it's kind of lame when that's like uh, one way i would put it is that i my reaction to picking up a chair leg that does 60 damage and the best, best weapon i have does 40 my reaction should not to a chair leg be dude fucking score <laughs> like what like my reaction mm. should not be that for a chair leg for for a sword maybe for 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 a big axe maybe but for a chair leg, come on, man. So, Matt, you, you can continue because I know that... I, I think we talked a little bit about the combat. We all said it was a little bit clunky. It just didn't feel smooth. Yeah, the combat it was extremely clunky. And the way I registered it is I feel like the combat in this game took a backseat to the parkour. Because they put so much emphasis on the parkour in this game that I feel like that they really set back on the combat. It doesn't feel... It doesn't feel exactly satisfying when I take down an enemy. Not Plus, I like I think the blocking mechanics are really clunky as well because there are times where I feel like I perfected the blocking, but then it's like an enemy will swing at me and I'll time the block just right, but it doesn't feel like I re- it registered. Um, so I would end up getting my butt kicked. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> and like. Oh, it's yeah. not even satisfying to take down hordes of zombies. The zombies don't even feel like they're that important. They just feel like a object placed in the world 
to give you that sort of obstacle to overcome and be basically be like take to the ground, deal with the zombies, or use all of these abilities with the parkour and stick to the rooftops, which I thought was really cool, and it flowed with the game really well on the whole setting. But I feel like that the parts where you're forced to go into combat, like with more boss-style uh, size um, zombies, it's not satisfying to take these down, just throwing like hits at them, waiting for your object weapon to break. Until it's like slowly whittling down its health. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that one. I I think that Agreed. there's there's certainly a lot of the gameplay for all the talks of you know 60 FPS and how smooth the parkour is. You don't get that feeling at all from the combat. The combat again, it just feels like a massive step back. Doesn't feel satisfying. It feels weighty. But I mean, again, if if I can only have one of weighty or satisfying, I would much rather have satisfying. And I just, I, I I did not like the hand to hand combat at all. Thacker, give me some other other, give me some other negatives you have. What what were some things that stuck out to you? So I really hoped that they had fixed this from the first game, but none of the, and I mean this, none of the characters have expressions yep <laughs> none, of, none of them you talk to one guy and he's literally sitting there upset because somebody ate his fish and he's upset but at the same time he's understanding that fish taught him a lot i'm sorry but at the same time i would be upset if somebody ate my fish in an apocalyptic <laughs> world um but at the same time it's like why does this guy have no emotion whatsoever if I had to describe it, he's literally sitting there with the most blank expression ever. And it's terrible because not a single character has an, any expressions. Yeah, like they could they could be yelling at somebody and there's literally like their face just looks like they don't give a shit. Like that's the nicest way to say it is that their faces just look like they don't care. And, and the, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. And like that's the thing. Even touching up on yelling at somebody, you literally get out of the sewers and into the bazaar and people are yelling at you, ready to hang you, (laughs) but none of them show that aggression, that anger or anything. It's just like, hey, kill him. No emotion, nothing. It just, like y'all said, it feels like the actors just kind of called in for this. And it's really disappointing because of how far we've come with facial animation. Like, I mean, we're playing the new Horizon and the facial animation in there is incredible. As well as, like, we had Last of Us Part Two last uh, last year. Two years ago. And, I mean, I don't think we're ever going to see that get topped until we see whatever Naughty Dog makes next. But we have these things in place. Like, there's no excuse anymore to make this whole, like, mannequin, uncanny valley like faces that aren't moving that looks like they have so much botox in their faces like it's just impossible for them to even <laughs> yeah. smile yeah dude like and, and it's the thing is like it'd be one thing if it was just the npcs but it's 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 not just random vendors it's not random npcs it's main characters it's all of them it's main characters that you're spending most of the game with that just have no ex- expression on their face. And that's a huge problem because you can't tell me that this game didn't have a bigger budget than that. For a game that was in the making for, what, six years? That's a, yeah. prob- that's a, that's a problem to me. Like, that's a problem that this game... they This game spent quite a bit of time in development. And to have this final result, 
That's disappointing. disappointing. That's very disheartening. So I'm going to tell you all my biggest, my biggest thing I hated in this game. And I'm going to spoil the last boss fight. <laughs> I'm going to spoil the last boss fight. You're not going to want to fight this boss after hearing this. Like, go look it up on YouTube if you think I'm not descriptive enough. So, Waltz, this guy <laughs> you fight at the end, right? There's four phases to this fight. And I'm not saying, yeah. I'm not saying that, okay, you know, you whittle him down to a court to, you know, you whittle a quarter of his health down and he goes into phase two. No. Like, you are taking all of his health. And then he just gets it all back, and it's time for phase two. With cutscenes in the middle? With, with cutscenes in between each phase. Oh, that's weak. And so I got to phase three and said, okay, rule of threes, if you end the fight here, that's good. It's a good place to end it. And when I kid you not, in the middle of the cutscene, I have likened it and I've compared it to in sitcoms when somebody <laughs> says something stupid and one of the characters looks off screen like directly into the camera with like, you know... I look on their face that says, like, what the fuck was that? Like, that was literally me. I was looking at my TV, and the moment I realized it was going to be phase four, I paused the game, and I, like, looked directly into the camera with the blankest <laughs> with the blankest look on my face. And the funny thing is, it's almost like in this final fight, they almost tried to make every part of the gameplay relevant because there's hand-to-hand combat, which is just normal. Then the second phase is all about... Uh, melee. It's all about blocking and deflecting. It's all about that. The third phase adds parkour into the mix, and then the fourth phase makes it to where you have to use your paraglider to get after him. Oh God! And it is the worst, one of the worst final boss fights I have ever seen. Like, and I've seen some pretty bad boss fights. Like there, there are there are plenty of bad boss fights out there. I'm not going to give any anybody with the bingo card. I'm not giving you that from software square tonight. You're not getting that free space tonight for me. But <laughs> but there are there's some bad bosses in all of gaming. There are. And this was one of the worst I've ever seen because then the payoff isn't even worth it because you don't even kill him. You don't even kill him. He ends so up he ends up dying but not by your hand. The game, and, and here's the other thing about the story, right? One thing Techland advertised a lot of was your choices mattering. When I tell y'all that this game comes down to two choices, that's literally all it comes down to. There is a choice that you make at roughly the 40% mark, and it's whether or not you kill a certain character. And then there's the choice that you make at the very end. Those are the only two choices that matter. None of your other choices, they don't end up mattering at all. They literally hit you with the telltale walking dead choices. <laughs> Me taking the choice to blame the guy who was actually doing yep. right with the water. Didn't matter at all. Does not matter <laughs> whatsoever. Doesn't mean anything. Literally. Good, and, you know, I think that, Matt, one thing I want you to address a little bit here, because you mentioned it to me, and it was something I hadn't actually thought of that much. Yeah. Dude, the side quests are bad. Oh, they are God. bad. Yeah, it is no, literally, uh, it is Fetch Quest Simulator 2022. That is what it is. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, during that first area, I actually wanted to do side quests because I like getting parts for crafting. I like unlocking new gear. Um 
But these side quests have no thought put into them. And personally, they were very immersion breaking. Like some of them are just so dumb, like uh, fetch quests, which are absolutely horrible. I will never like fetch quests, but we will always have them for some reason. But these have no thought, again, no thought put into them. And it just got to the point where I don't even want to do this anymore. I don't want to rescue these people. I don't want to bring this dude his beer. I don't want to go, like, water someone's crops, deliver their flour. Because um, they have so many of these different uh, parkour uh, missions where you have to race against time in order to get bronze, silver, or gold. Uh, some of them are fun, but some are just like deliver chicken eggs without breaking them under a certain amount of time. And I mean, it really put your parkour test to um, to the not parkour test, but your parkour skills to the test. And yeah, just, some of them are thought out really well, and some are just like, "Why is this here?" And I just don't get it. Like. Don't put side quests in your games if it doesn't really add to the overall experience, if it just feels more like a side thing to do, like just to distract yourself from the main story. Just to add content. Yeah, exactly. Just to fill it out with filler. Thacker, I no, would like to po- I would like to pose a question to you real quick, Thacker. I want to pose a question to you, and I want yeah. you to answer this because I feel like you have an interesting perspective here. Oh, Lord. Did this game need to be open world? Uh... Let's talk about that real quick. Hmm. First thing, it really wasn't open world as we thought it would be. But at the same time, no. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of there as well. Flat out, just no hesitation, no. This game did not need to be as open world as it was. And at the same time, it was a nice touch. But I could have gone without it. It just... felt like as i said they just added way too much content for no reason it it just they wanted somebody to get the game play it have fun but decided to add all this extra stuff just to make the game longer yeah i'm gonna say something controversial here Uh uh-oh i'm gonna say something that a lot of people will probably disagree with and it'll probably sound crazy coming from me Ooh. I, in 2022, I have reached to this point in gaming where, and and it's funny because a, a franchise that me and Thacker both play a lot of did this a few years ago with a pretty big release of theirs. I'm to the point where if you can't deliver a story that is compelling, don't fucking put one in your game. <laughs> don't okay, now I'm curious. Which game are you Don't put it in your game. And that is exactly what Treyarch said in Black Ops 4 when they chose to oh, not put a man. campaign. When they chose well, to not put a campaign in, they openly recognized we don't know what we can do differently from our previous campaign, so this year we're not going to have one. And did it work? I don't know. Black Ops 4 uh, was an okay game. It wasn't amazing, but I don't think that the lack of a campaign was really that big of a problem. But I almost feel like Dying Light 2 would have been better off, and I can't believe I'm about to say this. Let me explain it. It'll sound crazy. I think this game would have been better off if it had just taken like the, the Fallout 76 approach. Yep. Of just oh, being, I agree. No, I agree. Of just I being, agree. Of being online and having like NPC quests that you can do, but not really having that main story driving it. Because as somebody who loves story-driven games, obviously I'm, I'm loving Horizon, Horizon Forbidden West right now, loving that game. Um, and, and I'm, you know, hopefully 
Hopefully Elden Ring is going to have an interesting story. I think Arceus, you know, Arceus didn't have the greatest story, but it was good but enough to kind of... it had a better of, story than this. It was much better than this, exactly. So it's one of those that I feel like they would have been better off going that Fallout 76 route of having there be NPC quests, having there be like little things you can do, having it be online to where you can constantly play with your friends. We haven't even talked about how in co-op, there's no progression for anybody in the co-op session outside of the host. There's no progression. Yeah. And that's bad. No. That is a failure in game design. So I've reached the point where I've said, if you cannot deliver a quality story, maybe you need to examine if your game really needs one. Because Dying Light oh, yeah. 2's story, trash can. It was bad. Wasn't good. And to be honest, that killed anything I liked about the game. The story being as bad as it was, the combat not being good, everything feeling like it was a step back from what it was before. It all kind of, my my irritation and my frustration stemmed from the story being as bad as it is. Everything else outside of the parkour was pretty damn bad. Like, melee's not, melee combat wasn't fun. Exploration was interesting for a few hours, but not once you crossed like the five hour mark. And yeah. then yep. the fact that the story is like 25 to 30 hours long. That's a chore at that point. And yeah. I hate, I, or I don't want to say it like that. I don't hate that I played the game because I had fun moments in the game. But there are so, there's so much time that I wish I could take back. I haven't even met, we haven't even mentioned the shitty ass checkpoint system. Oh, no, we have not. We, haven't even, we haven't even bad. mentioned that. And, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of wheeling into the final, the closing part of this episode. So uh, the checkpoint system was so bad. I had a moment. I had to clear the same bandit tower twice because I thought my game saved and I closed the game out after resting at the safe at the safe house. I rested, thinking that would give me an autosave. Both times it didn't. I had to redo all of it. I had another section where I died, had no idea where it was gonna send me back to, and it sent me back fifteen minutes of gameplay. Yeah. That's a problem. Fifteen full minutes of gameplay. And that was just to get back to that point where I died. Just to get back there, I had to play through 15 minutes of gameplay again. That's a Especially, problem. This game, this game, and I'll let, I'll let Thacker, I'll let you say whatever you had to say next. This yeah. game, game design-wise, this game failed in just about every aspect. That's all I have to say yeah. about that. Yeah, no, and especially when you think about it, for somebody who does a lot of side quests and everything, or for the pun of the podcast side missions then you got to think about it for somebody who does a lot of those and not get that auto save you just put in it could be as simple as five minutes to two and a half hours worth of side missions and then you're not auto saved and then you have to go back and lose all of that no and just real quick on matt's whole fetching thing next time you ask me to fetch you a beer i'm going to tell you no because you don't like fetching quest <laughs> <laughs> so dying like two I, I i if i had to make a prediction right now i will say you probably won't see this game in our top 10 games of the year you probably won't see it you won't see it in mine that's for damn sure you won't uh, see it in mine on the simple fact of with one of the easter eggs it gives you a mario reference no. where you get to double jump Absolutely when you double not. jump you see that aiden has no head <laughs> absolutely not anyways uh absolutely not that is not enough for me but but 
I will say this, if there's any if there's any distinction we can give this game, I think we can all agree here. If we do a most disappointing game of the year, number one. This is gonna be a very this is gonna be a tough one to beat. This is a very tough one to beat. So that's going to go ahead and do it for us for this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Side Mission Pod. You can follow all of us as well. For Alex Thacker, Matt Beck, I'm Rusty Ellis. Thanks for listening.